This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to helping you become a savvier marketing leader, no matter your level. In each episode, we will dive into a relevant topic or challenge that marketing leaders are currently facing. We will also give you practical tools and applications that will help you put what you learn into practice today. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We put worksheets on our website that summarize the key points. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ian Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to answer the question, should I do a branded podcast? So a few weeks ago, we did an episode with Nora Suddeth of Hello Audio, and that was all about audio marketing and specifically private versus public podcasting, which raised a very interesting question, which we're getting a lot now, which is, should I actually do a branded podcast? So we decided to address that one with this own episode. Yep, and we're going to give you the insider look based on our own journey of starting Marketing Smarts and actually just reaching our 100th episode. Woohoo for us. Yeah, no kidding. Um, And we'll talk about what's worked, what hasn't, and everything you need to consider if you are contemplating starting one yourself. So this is going to be a good one today. Yes, and because we thought another perspective could be beneficial here, we have a special guest, and that's Harry Morton. He's the CEO and founder of Lower Street. Hi, Harry. Do you want to introduce yourself and explain how actually how do you define a branded podcast? Hello. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, a branded podcast simply is a, a podcast produced by by an organization, by a brand. I think typically uh, a lot of the assumptions of, of how brands can get involved in, in media of all kinds was to sponsor that, right? To, to place ads against that content. I think more and more so um, we're seeing brands really decide to take ownership of the audiences uh, and, and build their own content out there. And and um, and so that's what we've been doing for the last kind of six years in, at Lower Street is, is helping brands to create their own media companies, if you will, within within their organizations and, and make uh, podcasts of their own. Mm, I like the idea of media companies. Awesome. All right. And with that, let's jump into should I do a branded podcast? So the first question you should ask yourself is, Do you have a POV or a point of view that can create valuable ongoing content your target will appreciate? So this is actually a bit of a a trick question because all businesses should have some sort of POV that can create valuable content. Absolutely. Right? But the answer to that question really comes from an internal belief that you actually have a point of view that is worth everybody else hearing, right? So you actually have to believe it. So podcast is kind of like, the anti-imposter syndrome. If you have imposter syndrome, you're going to have a really, really tough time with a podcast because podcast is all about having something compelling to offer and feeling you have value to offer. If you don't feel like you have that, then you're going to really, really struggle here. And you also have to be willing to commit to ongoing content. Like we just said, it's been our 100th episode and we have been releasing episode weekly over the past well, gosh, now, so if it's 52 weeks now, we're getting very Over close two to years. two years. Um, some of those, okay, are, are some of our quick hits, but, you know, that's still portions of our content that we have taken and we have spliced down from our original content. So it does take commitment. If you think you're going to struggle being able to regularly put out content, then, again, this is probably not for you. But also you want to find you want to consider – is your consumer, customer, target actually consuming podcasts? So the popularity of the channel is like really, really massively growing. And I'm sure Harry's going to be able to give us some really good numbers for that. But they're still kind of considered podcasts, maybe a little bit techy. And so if you have a demographic or a psychographic that might you know, be a little bit more in a generation that isn't quite as techy, you're going to have to consider that you know, if this is a channel that is going to be something that they're going to be receptive to, or if you can help them find an easier way to this channel through things that they are a little bit more familiar with. Harry, what should people consider here with regards to um, their point of view and, and, and how to really develop that? Like you say, ev- everyone has a point of view, and I think they're all really relevant. I think what we see time and again with with brands that maybe don't uh, see the success that they're they're looking for is that they maybe speak to their point of view without necessarily uh they, they don't have a strategy behind it they're not their focus is on themselves rather than on the listeners right. and so i think a lot of times what we want to really spend so much time planning in creating a podcast in the first place is firstly why are we why do we want a podcast what what purposes is serving for our business um and is this the right the best channel for that purpose that we're seeking to solve for 
And then secondly, you know, who is our target listener? What action do we want them to take as a result of kind of engaging with us and listening to our show and really working backwards from what the listener wants? And I think a lot of times it's so tempting to say, hey, look, we love we're already passionate about this subject and we want to speak to these guests about these topics and then put that out into the world and hope that someone's out there ready for it. Um, And I think actually much more success comes from if we think about these are the people we're seeking to serve. Uh, this is the sort of content they're already engaging with in audio. And these are some of the lessons we can learn from that. And and here's what our kind of unique voice and value is that we can add to that conversation. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's really easy to kind of look at podcasting and go, oh, wow, this is such a like a hot channel right now. Like that lots of people are talking about podcasting. It's really kind of it's a lot of fun to do. This is something I'm really passionate about getting out there. But without kind of spending the time to develop a proper strategy and thinking about your listener first, uh, you can just be kind of like, you know, screaming into the, into, I don't know what tumbleweed, um, you know, <laughs> and, and it, you know, we see it happen all the time, right? It's so easy to create a great show that nobody listens to. And I think if we start with focusing really hard on our listeners rather than what we're excited about, that tends to to lead to the best, best results. Yeah, I think it's so super smart. And really, as I'm hearing you talk, I think the episodes that we create that get the most engagement are the ones where we're coming off of experiences we're having regularly with Mm -hmm. our clients Mm -hmm. that then we translate to an episode or several episodes, right? And I think that that does a couple of things. One, exactly to the point you just made, Harry, it makes sure that we're keeping the client in this case, you know, or consumer or whatever in the room with us. Mm. But we're also coming off the heels of interacting with those clients. And so it is a very quote unquote timely, not from a, you know, relevant Mm -hmm. trend or that sort of thing, but something that we've just done. And so we're able to speak from a place of that experience and those interactions so Mm. that it's really contextualized and nuanced in a way that then the listener can say, ah, okay, I see how that unfolded or happened or whatever and why it can be relevant to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, it's funny that you mentioned timeliness in in podcasts as well. It's not quite what you were getting at, but I think the beauty of podcasting is that they do live on for such a long time. Yes, right? Right. And so yes. kind of really thinking about kind of creating something. So we've produced a, a ton of podcasts at this point and it's alarming. It's incredible how many shows or episodes get consumed that are months weeks even years old mm-hmm. you know people go back to revisit this stuff all the time and so i think that's a really wonderful thing in podcasts we're creating quite you know quite a legacy here and and uh and but also just a, a wonderful back catalog and so um creating content that is sort of evergreen um in its nature is definitely something that kind of you know really thrives in this in this medium i think yeah i was say one of our, our our most popular episodes is still was our first episode, which was about the four monumental website mistakes, yeah, which still holds mm. true to today. So I think that's Absolutely. a really good point. One thing I did want to uh, mention as well, you kind of um, talked about the importance of consistency in podcasting, with, which I 100% agree with. You know, if it, It's so important to build a habit in our listenership so that they know what to expect and when to expect it um, in podcasting and living up to that promise. You know, It's so easy. We see so many shows that just kind of get mm-hmm. to sort of seven, eight, nine episodes and they go, do you know what? This is hard work. We're going to kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. take a break here. But this is so common. We're talking specifically about branded podcasts, right? And it's and it's so so common that we hear that folks are, you know, just super stretched. They're really busy, and it's very hard for them to commit to. We're going to do this every week for the next, you know, infinity. And I think that's totally fair enough. And we see it like a really great alternative approach in creating a sort of seasonal show. So if we produce, you know, twelve episode seasons as a podcast, um, we can see really great results from that as well. So it's sort of time boxes or, or limits your your kind of uh investment of time and, and budget and, and so on as as well um, but it also means that we can you know take a different kind of tact in the way that we approach the show so instead of kind of coming up with constantly new ideas and fresh kind of content for for each episode we can say instead well this is the season where we're going to focus on this specific kind of subject and almost have like a season arc and a theme that we're kind of tying the content around whether that's based around the sort of current trends at the moment it's timely whether it's sort of thematic whether it's you know whatever whatever that specific story you want to tell and it also means that once that's produced we can then put all of our energy into marketing it really heavily and getting people engaged with it using it repurposing that content engaging with the community all this sort of stuff where otherwise we might be kind of like frantically going okay got to write the script for the next episode i'm too busy to kind of like that episode's done now and i'm moving on 
Um, if we do it a season in a seasonal way, we can actually, you know, do each episode real justice and and spend the time and energy to to promote it after the fact. So, totally agree that consistency is really important. But I think there are there are some potential alternatives as well. Mm, I like that. I really like that. All right. So the second question you should ask yourself if you're considering a branded podcast is: Are you looking for top of the funnel awareness? So I think we can all say that doing a podcast is a slow burn. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking for that immediate business hit, you know, day two after you launch your podcast, this is not what <laughs> this is supposed to do. Because the biggest driver of podcast awareness is actually word of mouth. And that's by creating that value that other people find so invaluable that they actually share it with others. And that's how your podcast really grows organically. And that's how you develop these following of very strong advocates that are going to speak on your behalf, but also then consider you a thought leader in the topic for which you are talking about. And that's how you build the credibility, the reputation. And really, you do that through the body of work that you create through a podcast. So that's why I'm not just one episode is going to do it. Everybody's going to hear one episode and be like, oh yeah, these are the experts. These are the people I'm going to go to. So you have to consider the fact that it takes a little bit of time because you are building relationships. Relationships take time. So consider that and make sure that you feel like you have that time that you're going to devote to this because a lot of times people get a little antsy and then they're wanting those results now and they're not seeing those results come. But it can serve for some immediate business opportunities though. So like what we tend to do often is we bring on people that could maybe potentially be clients in the future. So that's a really great way of vetting through clients and developing those relationships for clients or bringing on people that we feel like are going to be beneficial to our clients like Harry. Like, so we get that, that exposure to our, our, our following, but we also kind of get the, the, the check the box star for saying, Hey, these people know people too. Right. So there's elements of that. There's also about when you were mentioning here about evergreen content, about B2B businesses and how important being evergreen is. Because in the B2B cycle, you may only come up like once a year, every couple of years as being of need to those businesses. Like people don't hire branding and marketing agencies on a daily basis. They hire them on when they need them or they hire them on a yearly or bi-yearly basis. So you need to think about how you're going to stay top of mind with these potential clients in the time space that they're still kind of considering you, but maybe not need you at that moment. But also it helps us establish the social proof. Like we've talked about this a lot. We now use our podcast as ways to RFP versus doing really long RFPs. We're like, hey, if you're really interested in how you know you should do social strategy, listen to our couple episodes. You're going to hear about how we manage through social strategy, what we think is important, and you're going to learn something on the way. That also helps be kind of springboard for things like speaking engagements, for trainings. So people hear those and are like, I want to know more about that. It's like, hey, great. We can come speak to your organization about that. We can do a short keynote. Um, we can get you know, stimulate the uh, the thinking there. And then it also, as you had mentioned too, it, it creates content for other things. So we parlay our content into blogs. We parlay it into newsletters. We parlay it into social. So it becomes now like, again, like I said, social proof or a body of work that starts creating that reputation, that credibility that starts then lifting you and differentiating you from your competition. So Harry, I mean, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this and, and how you uh, how you manage these expectations with your clients, because I'm sure they have a ton. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I, I think, yeah, a lot of people uh, kind of are used to, I suppose, or, or maybe addicted to the results we can get from social media, right? It's very, right. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we hear all stories all the time of kind of throwing up a TikTok campaign and suddenly we've got millions of, uh, of engagements with that piece of content, oh, yes. um, which is, you know, that's addictive and, and also something that we sort of, I guess, learn to expect from digital channels and podcasting, as we kind of suggested before, is is kind of old school in the way that it proliferates and grows. It's very word of mouth based. So it's, it's a, it is a slower burn. The benefit, of course, though, is that it's incredibly sticky. So the the level of engagement we find with our listenership, while we might have a smaller quantity, it might just be reaching fewer people. It'll take longer to build that audience. The ones that do listen, uh, you know, the engagement rate we see with audio just vastly outperforms what we see in terms of kind of video and social in particular. Uh, It's very common for us to be producing shows with some of our clients that are getting 80 plus percent completion rate. So that means, you know, folks are listening to 35 minutes of a 40 minute episode that's a lot of time that they're spending with your brand which is yes. a huge mm-hmm. a huge kind of um value there so so yes i think that um engagement rates are, are really high and um 
but they but they you know oftentimes the expectation is kind of an instant hit of results um and so uh, you mentioned you know quite rightly that it's a wonderful kind of relationship building tool with the guests that you bring on to the platform so i think that's a way for us to to sort of close that loop of seeing a return on the investment we're making in podcasting that's certainly something that a lot of our clients particularly agencies and consultancies use that you know it's a wonderful kind of account based marketing tool and allows us to see a, a quicker result while the sort of audience pieces is slowly growing in the background but as i say because the engagement rate is so high or the engagement depth the level of engagement is so strong with the audience you have no matter how big or small that is it's a wonderful kind of trust um, building tool and a wonderful credibility tool, as you mentioned, that over time will pay off. And, and as you say, you know, it's not common that we're reaching out to consultants and saying, hey, I'd love to, uh, to, to take you on for a six-figure engagement based off one piece of content I've heard. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's not particularly common. Uh, but if we do commit to something and we do, uh, you know, we do produce a podcast in, in the long term, those relationships we have fostered there in our listenership will definitely pay off in that, in that sort of 12-plus month uh, kind of time period. So it's definitely... Um, a commitment that we're making to podcasting. Um, and I suppose the other kind of way, as you've mentioned, you know, to, to close that loop of, of getting that return at sooner is by using the content that you're creating. It's, it's a relatively efficient, I hate using this phrase because it sort of tends to uh, devalue the, the medium, but it is quite an efficient way to create content, right? Um, you know, a good podcast takes a hell of a lot of preparation and, and planning, research, writing, and so on. But nevertheless, ultimately what you're doing is sitting down at a mic and talking about what you know best. Um, and then what you have there is a wonderful asset that you can then reuse for lots of different purposes. Um, and so, you know, instead of having to write an in-depth article and then record a wonderful YouTube video and then write a bunch of LinkedIn, uh, you know, LinkedIn threads or Twitter threads or whatever, we can create uh, a really high value podcast episode that's 30 minutes long, let's say, and create all kinds of kind of content off that as well. So yeah, there are, there are lots of benefits, but it's, Definitely, we in the conversations we're having early on with with folks that may have a lot of preconceptions about what podcasting is as a digital kind of medium, um, we do have to sort of uh, set that expectation that it's not going to be something that just immediately returns a bunch of new deals to them um, tomorrow. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, and I and I think even you know we said we were going to talk about our journey and our story with marketing smarts and. I remember our business coach at the time, we were having a conversation about how long it was going to take for us to really take hold, right? Yeah, right. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, you know, the, the data shows it's it's like two years. And we're like, okay, yeah, Scott, whatever, not for us. Years. That's not going to be the way that it is, right? And now I, we're sitting here, you know, two years later and we're like, damn, if he wasn't right, yeah, you know? <laughs> and I think... It is um, a really important point, and I love what you said about it's sort of almost antiquated in the way that it works, right? Because it is a digital medium, but it is more word of mouth based, and mm. we have certainly seen that in the growth of our podcast. And I would also say that there are some milestones that we weren't told that I think are important to the patient's factor to cover off on here. and. Those are things, of course, like analytics. I remember when we started getting international listeners, that was like, a, yeah. oh, amazing, you know, and then international guests like you, Harry, um, and then people reaching out to be on the podcast. Mm. I think it's a it's such a new platform that there isn't a lot of um, historical data or trends that you can look to and say, well, if I get to that, I'm really succeeding. But I, part of our experience, and I'm sure you have some of these anecdotes as well, Harry, is when we look back at the two years, we know that something happened at those certain points, right? right? So whether it was audience growth, of course, is huge, but, you know, reach was a huge one for us. We now on a several times a week basis have podcast reps or even individuals reaching out to promote their people to be on our show. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a moment in time where that started to happen. Now it's starting to elevate again. So just pulling back the curtain a little bit to give some commentary around what we didn't know and what might look like quote unquote success when you don't have the immediacy of, oh yeah, I just signed another six figure client because to everything that both of you said, that's not the way this works. Yeah. It's not. And, and Hey, I just also want to kind of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the time I'm, I'm sort of, when we kind of have certain expectations around what social media can deliver, sometimes the numbers in podcasting be disappointing. Yes. But often when I say, you know, if you could get, so some people will look at their downloads and say, oh, I'm only getting like 70 downloads per episode or 150 downloads per episode. 
And I sort of say, well, if you had 75 people standing in a room in a conference listening to you speak for 35 minutes, you'd probably be pretty, pretty, pretty impressed with that result. And so I think that is not to be sniffed at and something that we should kind of really think about um, because it is quality time we're spending with these people. It's actually a good prelude into the next point here on the third question you should ask yourself if you want to do a branded podcast is, are you okay if your branded podcast is an investment? Much to what we just talked about, you know, it, it can be one of those marketing channels where you're putting a effort in and you're not seeing those immediate quantifiable KPI results that mm. you're used to seeing thing with things like social media and, and digital content. And, you know, everybody's like, well, yeah, you can you can monetize a podcast, right? I'm like, well, yes, you can. But we all know that it takes certain thresholds in order for the monetization to actually kick in. And so if you're thinking that you're going to start a podcast and you're going to get all these like ad based like money coming back to you and stuff like that, that is a really <laughs> that you shouldn't have that expectation. Uh, but you should expect that you are building, even if it's hard to see immediately. And I like the examples you brought up, April, with regards to what some of the milestones look like. Even if you're not seeing immediately like the dollars kick in or the sales kick in, you got to believe and you'll see these like other milestones come in that you're building some level of branding or, or reputation or relevancy that can give you that feelings of like, okay, this is, this is something's going on here. Something is, is working here because, you know, you got to commit to it, like we said. And so if you are in a point and you mentioned this, Harry, too, that, you know, things are starting to get kind of like tough with regards to time or capacity or money, we kind of see people just kind of like saying, well, then the, the podcast is the first thing to go before you even actually given it a chance to actually kick off or, or mm -hmm. improve itself. So be careful that you're not undermining what you're building because you just can't see the things that you were hoping it was going to deliver immediately. So this is one point of why we're bringing this up is that it is initially an investment. Now, the good thing is it doesn't have to be a huge monetary investment, right? So that's the, the really awesome things about podcasting is you can do it a bunch of different ways. Like we started in a studio. Um, we're no longer in a studio. We're now in April's house, you know, in her house in the basement, right? Because we have now the confidence that we can do this on our own with an external producer, which is a lot of, I think, Harry, how you manage your business a lot. So you can get started pretty quickly and pretty easily and pretty economically so that, you know, you're not feeling like, hey, this is like an ad spot and I'm going to, you know, have to put $200,000 worth of investment into creating one 30 second TV spot that I hope works. I mean, this is something you can kind of test and learn your way into. So Harry, maybe you can share a little bit more about how you kind of manage that for your clients and how long do you see it really takes to like for a podcast to quote unquote take off and what are the milestones that you kind of see and, and, and help people understand that they are getting value out of doing their podcast? Yeah, so I, I think the first milestone that anybody sees is just like how wonderful of a platform it is to to grow your credibility. And I mean that in terms of the people that you network with, you know, so we've talked about bringing guests on that could be future deals for you yes. um, but also just the opportunity you have to kind of really um kind of position yourself in your in your industry i think most industries out there you know folks uh that are kind of you know considered names in the in in whatever space you happen to be in are incredibly uh, open to being invited to be on podcasts in fact in many industries like we have clients in in all kinds of industries that just like it's a really novel idea to be invited to be on a podcast they've never <laughs> been invited before and so they're yep. like oh wow but they're you know these are c-suite like you know, significant people in their industries. So the credibility that we gain and the partnership opportunities that come up, whether or not it, whether or not it's a direct, Hey, I want to buy your services, but like, you know, other folks in your space um, is a phenomenal thing. So I think that's like something that you, that's a milestone you hit from potentially day one, right? You just say, I'm launching this great podcast. I really want to speak to leaders in our industry, you know, and you'd be amazed at the uptake that, that we get from that. And then your positioning from there is phenomenal. I think there's really no, one answer to how long it takes a show to, to to kick off it really depends on your industry you mentioned like your audience like who are they and where are they hanging out you know if they're octogenarian bridge players they're probably harder to get <laughs> listening to podcasts than you know tiktok friendly 16 year olds but so you know there is obviously a spectrum here but uh but and also by the way we've talked about how word of mouth driven podcasting is there are definitely ways that we can we can gain that system and, and and jump our way, you know, to to better results faster. That's certainly something that we do with clients all the time through, you know, targeted ad campaigns to really drive awareness of the podcast around very specific groups of people. So I think that's, you know, important to sort of put out there as well. 
so yeah and everybody's milestones are different i think you know i mentioned before we have some clients who have literally less than 100 listeners per episode but the the podcast is a slam dunk win for them and they've been working with us for two plus years because it's just returning such great results for them because it doesn't they're not worried about being the next joe rogan they care about having you know a community that's probably 50 or 60 people large spending time with them on a regular basis and and that's what's happening so you know and and on the on the flip side we have other clients who are getting hundreds of thousands of downloads an episode and that's what's important to them is is really reach and brand awareness because they're you know larger organizations or their goals are just very different you you mentioned monetization and that's i think a really good one to to touch on as well because so often folks particularly sort of uh, smaller shops or or individual consultants or whatever folks that are using podcasting that and are really looking for that immediate return on investment, right? Because this is a, a large part of their marketing activity and they might be one of just a handful of folks or even by themselves um, working on a team. They will quite often come to us and say, look, we want to create a podcast, but also we'd like to monetize it. We'd like for this to be like a cost neutral or even uh, cost positive kind of marketing channel for us. And certainly that's not impossible you mentioned, you know, you have to hit certain numbers before monetization makes sense. Um, that's true on average, but certainly we see folks with really tiny audiences monetizing incredibly effectively. It just, you just have to know very clearly, be able to articulate exactly who your audience is and have really great partners in the industry that also want to get in front of those people. Those are, those are deals you have to broker yourself, right? You're not gonna be able to go to like a large podcast ad network and say, Hey, I've got 50 listeners. Can you please help me? They're they're like, (laughs) no, you don't have 10,000 listeners an episode. Like don't even start that conversation. Um, But certainly we see folks with success. However, I think the primary goal as businesses, as brands creating a podcast, our primary goal is to serve ourselves, right? We're not serve ourselves. We're serving our audience, but the goal of the podcast is to grow our business. Right. Yes. Right. Um, And so it doesn't play into that mission quite as well if we're if we're sort of distracting ourselves with with trying to monetize the podcast and you know we you know we could be getting hundreds of dollars or low thousands of dollars per episode you know is it really worth distracting ourselves and and taking our energy away to do that sort of stuff uh, rather than just providing as much value to our listeners as we possibly can and just 100% owning that audience and not having to share it with anybody else um i think uh that's that's for most people the best play so uh so yeah i'm not I'm not not a fan of monetization. It's just that's not something that we tend to steer folks towards. Well, and I love what you said about it being a potential distraction, right? Because we've experienced that ourselves, right? We've had brands reach out and want to be a sponsor, quote unquote. Mm. The first thing they ask about is the numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that can be a little bit of a an interesting, if you will, conversation where the expectation is tens of thousands of listeners. And you're like, have you done any homework on this? That's yeah. not something you grow overnight. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. But the distraction piece, I think, is huge because when we're faced with that, it's like, oh, man, they want us. They want to sponsor us. They want to be a part of us. But then we very quickly have to get to the conversation of, yes, but we own this audience to your point and we own this brand of our Mm. podcast and do we actually believe in fill in the blank this product service offering whatever and if we don't there is a little bit of like oh man i don't really want to walk away from the dollars but at the end of the day there is something very freeing about that because we maintain our authenticity and our intention and really what we deliver to our customers and clients by saying no to those opportunities and you know we get it we face it too of like oh an infl- in you know influx of cash cool let's yeah. go ahead and do it but i think mm-hmm. your point is really well taken that it's not about that and then on the other side one of the things i think was interesting that you said is kind of the celebrity status if you will yeah. associated mm-hmm. with podcasting i have a really funny anecdote for this so my sister got married a few months ago and one of my good friends from grad school has been interacting with us, listening to us, participating in social, right? And she had never met Anne. And she comes flying up to me at the wedding and she's like, that's Anne, isn't it? I feel like I know her because I've been <laughs> listening yeah, right. and I've, you know, but I think, you know, the point you made about the, whether it's the asking someone to be on the show, because we've certainly experienced that mm-hmm. where especially mm-hmm. people, you know, I come from an agency background and we are trained to be, you have to be an excellent presenter and speaker in order to succeed in that space. And I know there's plenty of businesses like that, but that's one where you got to be a storyteller. You got to be able to Mm -hmm. stand up in front of folks. 
And we've asked some of my previous colleagues on the show and they're like, I'm having a little bit of paralysis. Like, I feel like I'm in this like heightened celebrity situation. And we're like, it's not live. You can edit, you know, all of those things. But it's like, I'm having like heart palpitations and I have to sit in this booth and and have this conversation. But I think there is leverage and, and outside of, you know, this point of the investment, when you think about the success or, you know, what you invest financially or energy wise, but what you get on the other side, when you stop thinking about it as a financial thing and you start looking at it as what are the bigger things that I'm doing by just having a podcast, that's where I continue to get really excited and energized and want to continue to do this because it is a very different medium than some of the other marketing Mm -hmm. channels. And the quote unquote payoff is just defined differently. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think, you, so you mentioned that this sort of Anne mega fan or whatever, and it's so, that's yeah. so, co- <laughs> that's such a common thing, right? Because it is so personal. Like we're literally listening with our earbuds. It's very one-to-one, right? Or two-to-one two in your case, you know, so you're really uh, up close and personal with your, with your listeners. They really get a sense of who you are and, and what you are. So that, that kind of feedback is, is really common for podcast hosts, which is so gratifying and, and, and really amazing. And also, by the way, we talked about kind of clout and industry kind of, position yourself in your industry like it's amazing when you have a podcast and then you go to a conference and everyone's like oh hey you're the the so-and-so lady you're the the so-and-so and like how and suddenly like you know you're having conversations that otherwise you might not have had and for someone like me who's just a, a giant introvert uh have it being able to like walk into a room and not have to start a bunch of conversations because people are coming up to you going oh you're so-and-so from so-and-so is just a, a huge thing and that leads me to the next thing you, you mentioned that kind of nerves i think so many people get that kind of like oh my god i'm performing to this huge crowd and, and all sorts of stuff and certainly when i started podcasting i was just like the heart was pounding and i was sweating and i was breathing <laughs> deeply i was like oh my god but then you realize you're, you're just having a, i'm just having a conversation with two lovely women and and that's it and nobody's listening right now and hopefully in the future some other people will be listening but i can just i, I just ignore the fact that that's true yes and right now we're just having a great chat and so uh soon you get used to that and uh, and the nerves go away but uh yeah there's definitely kind of a you have to push through that pain barrier a little bit yeah 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 and I think what we just uh, were in a, in a situation where we had our podcast, something we t- teach on our podcast all the time, um, actually told back to us by one of our clients. We're like, you listen, you really listen. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also fun too. So that's a nice little momentous uh, point where it's like, you yeah, got she like, our podcast. Yeah. Verbatim, the quote was verbatim and we were running the session, you know, talk it, about an unprofessional moment. We were, we're like, like, looked at each other like, <gasps> and then we're like, like, tamp it down, tamp yeah. it down. You listen to the podcast, <laughs> you got that for the podcast. So it was pretty it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. All right. So the fourth question you should ask yourself about whether or not you're going to have a branded podcast is, are you prepared to invest resources to promote it? So like we said, a podcast must be promoted. People need to know it exists. There is a pretty good proliferation of podcasts out there. Now, the funny thing is, is that how many podcasts are actually out there versus how many podcasts are actually creating new content and you continue to be active. Those are a little bit different, but it is a slightly busy marketing channel. So you have to actually put some money behind it in order and some effort behind it, actually, to be totally frank, in order to promote it so people know that it is there. So one of the most common ways of promoting is on social. And we've talked about that. So if you're sitting there saying, oh, we don't have any room in our social calendar to promote our podcast, you better as well not even do it because you have to have all the marketing channels working together in order to be able to promote your podcast. It doesn't mean you need to do that all the time. It's a slot within your conversation calendar, but you do need to put effort behind it to make sure that people know that it's there, people know what it's about. And so you can start getting that following. And it also gives content that people can then share. It makes it easier for them to share your podcast if it's something that they're already engaged with, like in their social and be like, hey, you know, April, you really need to take a look at this podcast and here's an example and here's where you can find it, right? So there isn't a clear magic bullet to actually getting your podcast heard. And we've talked about this that, you know, it's still actually very archaic industry and the fact that the analytics and all of these things that you tend to rely on to see how, you know, things perform, it's not just that, it's not that mature. And it's so it's really hard to kind of see, you know, how are you doing versus this other podcast or how am I doing in the industry? I mean, there's some, there's some people who in some apps and some services that try to kind of give you that lay of the land and you can maybe, you know, I'm going to ask you, Harry, to, to kind of give us some thoughts about how you kind of gauge that. But 
it's not a real like confident based like analytical measure that you're like oh yeah i'm in the top like 10 percent well I don't even know what that means to say if you're on the top 10% of marketing or business podcast, frankly and honestly. So you're going to have more of a test and learn experience here. And, and that's why it's so important to find the other KPIs that are important to your business so that you can monitor success in a way that is going to be meaningful. Because this is, again, a marketing channel that's meant to grow your business, especially if you're doing it from a branded uh, podcast context. That being said, it's really also important to hire somebody who is in it every day. So somebody like Harry, so the person who produces ours is Max Brandstetter. These people are in it every, every day. So they know more about it than anybody else with regards to how to put yourself in the best position in order to make your podcast go, in order to differentiate it, in order to get the following, in order to deliver all those KPIs you want. So maybe here you can give us some suggestions of how do you suggest that people promote their podcast? What's worked for people? I know mm -hmm. there's nuances, but can, if you can give us a, a little bit of that context, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. So firstly, to start off by saying you, you've mentioned like how busy the channel is. And I, like, I think it's it's worth highlighting that. In, so we had in 2018, 550,000 podcasts were out there on Apple Podcasts. Um, and then this year we've hit two and a half million, right? So like, there's a huge, a huge jump in content now. I firstly want to preface like that pales in comparison to anything we see on YouTube. It pales in comparison to the blogosphere, if that's a term mm -hmm. that people even use anymore. <laughs> uh, like, so, you know, we are like, there is a lot of wide open space here in podcasting. Right. And, and, and that's partly fueled by the pandemic, all these shows have, that have started. Um, but that also brings with it a ton of new listeners to the space. Right. So the, the, the pie is getting bigger. Um, you have to do more in order to stand out. You have to differentiate yourself. You can't just kind of put out a podcast and succeed anymore. But nevertheless, there's still a ton of of, of wide open space and opportunity here. So I think um, that's that's uh, important to establish. When it comes to to marketing the show, I, I guess the first thing that that we just got to go back to the beginning of the conversation. The podcast has to serve a purpose. It has to be for a clear market, and it has to be great, right? So if there's two and a half million podcasts out there just getting on a mic and talking for half an hour without too much planning is just not going to cut it. So there's only so much we can promote a podcast that's not worth promoting. So first we've got to dial, dial in the content. Um, and that is something that that we obsess over and, and everyone that's kind of invested in podcasting should obsess over. And I think it's so easy. So many people say, Oh yeah, yeah, we got that. We got the content dialed. Like it's a great show. Uh, and I think everyone should be asking the question, well, is it like, you know, not, uh, you know, I'm not saying your show isn't great, but like, what if there was an opportunity to, to to make it better? Like, let's continually study that and look at the feedback we're getting and in, and get feedback from it. Like, actively go out there looking for feedback um, to make sure that we are making the best show that we possibly can be. But anyway, let's assume that all that that's not what the answer you want. So let's assume that's all great. <laughs> how do we how do we get new listeners? Um, and you mentioned social, super important. We want to engage with our community. We want to continue that conversation outside the podcast. We want to repurpose our show to fuel our social media calendar. Um, all these things are great. But what we'll find, what we found after six years of doing this is that it's incredibly hard to make someone make the, the leap in the moment from scrolling through their Instagram feed or their Twitter feed or whatever, where you're in like short form bite-sized content mode, right? Very hard to make that leap from there into, okay, now I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes listening to a really in-depth piece of audio. Sure. Like that's just not a natural journey to make so we do want to make sure folks in our industry know that the podcast is there but that it's quite likely they're not going to immediately pick up their phone and, and go check it out so instead what we always encourage um, our clients to do is to go to where folks are already in podcast mode and promote their podcast where people are engaged in that medium already and so that might be by getting onto other podcasts in some way whether that's by yep. being a guest or sponsoring it or partnering with them or whatever that might be through the podcast apps themselves getting featured in certain apps there are pay-to-play versions of that there are organic versions of that so so there's yeah there's a bunch of ways that we can get in front of those audiences but those are the the things that we want to focus on when people are already in in that mode and again we're talking about branded podcasts and i think all brands have their own baked in advantages right but whether you're let's say you're a software company, you have like an app and you can promote the podcast through all of your users there. You might be a physical, you know, uh, place that has a bunch of kind of retail outlets and you can promote the podcast in those physical locations. You know, whatever business you happen to be specialized in, you have some sort of form of, of advantage and reach that others maybe don't. And so it's a case of kind of really understanding what that is and putting the podcast front and center. And I think 
sometimes brands are reluctant to make the podcast the star of the show. You know, they're like, well, this is just another thing that we do. But as we've established, it's so personal, right? It's so like, again, I'm going to throw out a really cliche term in podcasting, authentic. Um, it is a very, <laughs> it's a very authentic medium. Like, you know, folks are coming up to you and going, oh, and like, I know you from the podcast because because they because it's so much you, right? And so I think that we, if we do decide to really invest in podcasting, I'm obviously massively biased. So take this with a pinch of salt. But like, I really think that we should be putting the podcast front and center because it's so it re represents us better than almost anything else can. Um, and so really kind of using the channels that we have available to us to the fullest um, to get it out there, I think is, um, is the smart thing to do. But again, I'm biased. So maybe I'm just an idiot from Britain. Who knows? Well, we're, we're biased too. So yeah. We're, yeah. we're all idiots together though. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I do, I think it is, it's a hard thing to go and do. Right. And as you're talking, I remember this with us. Mm-hmm where we started it and at first I was almost a little bit gun shy which doesn't happen to me very often so <laughs> I had this just feeling though of nervousness of putting it out there front and center like you said mm -hmm. because there is the fear of well I mean that's a lot of eggs in one basket and what if it isn't received well and all of those types of things mm -hmm. and fast forward to where we are now I mean I tell everybody about mm -hmm. this podcast. I mean, we even had a situation recently where Anne and I go to the same chiropractor and she's like, oh, so I guess she told them about the podcast. And I'm like, I did? Well, I didn't. And I, like, she, I, didn't. And I was like, oh, shoot, did I? Like, it's just become such a yeah. natural part of, of what I talk about. And I do mm -hmm. think that, yes, we are, all, we are biased because we love our podcast and you love the business and all of those things. But it really has made a tremendous difference in all of the things we've talked about on this episode, but for me very personally, in my self-confidence, in myself, in our mm -hmm. business, in how we speak to our clients, in the markets that we serve, and just the magnitude of the impact that I think is possible for us to have by having this podcast. And so I think I just want to reinforce that point that you made about the almost feeling of like, oh, do I put it in front and center? But then when you actually do that, the impact that it has. And I think if you're uncomfortable about it and where I ultimately got to was I am investing a whole lot of time and energy in this. Mm -hmm. This was our primary marketing channel for a long time. Not that we weren't doing the things we've talked about of promoting it on social, et cetera, but we really made a concerted effort and put forth that effort to make this a major focus for us. And as a result of that, I believe that's why it's paid off in dividends yeah, is because too. we we made that investment and then we said, okay, how do we make this thing work real hard for us so that mm -hmm. all that we're putting in, we're getting out on the other side because it is a labor of love. And so I think once you can change that mindset and say, no, no, this is going to be the lead magnet. That's right. where it really took off for us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, that's a really good point. And, and I think that as marketers, it's so tempting to try the, the next thing, you know, like, oh, video looks cool. Podcasting looks cool. Oh, wow. TikTok. That's this new shiny thing. Like I've got to get on TikTok and like figure that out. I'm a real advocate for doing one thing well. Right. I think if we're, you know, like there are a bunch of different ways to approach marketing and everyone thinks about it differently. But for me, I think if you can focus on one channel and really just nail it and be amazing at doing that one thing, you stand so, so much of a greater chance of being the tall poppy, right? That stands yeah. out and like gets the attention than you do by spreading yourself super thin and just kind of being everywhere. And sure, like spreading your net, casting your net wide, that's that's wonderful and everything. But you just you're competing with everybody else. Whereas you go, right, we're the podcast podcast guys. This is what we're gonna go out there and 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 be really great at. Uh, I think you you stand a much greater chance of um of succeeding. So you know even if uh in, through this conversation people are like, you know, oh, podcasting sounds kind of cool, but we're already doing video. Uh, like we're putting a lot of effort into video. Like great, go focus on video. Make video like just own it and don't get distracted. Yeah, maybe I just did myself out of a job there. I don't know, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you have plenty of people like like April who are like. I hate video. I hate video. I'm like, mm -hmm. I mean, so yes. So I right. think it's definitely strokes for folks. I like I say, I've got a face for radio. So that's why I stick to audio only. And I, <laughs> I asked at the beginning, I asked at the beginning of this conversation, are you recording video? That's because, you know, no one needs to see this, this pasty lanky face. Um, you know, so we all got to pick our, pick the channel that works for us. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. That was a great way to wrap up our four points. Let me just go back and recap them for everybody. Uh, so should I do a branded podcast? Here's the four questions you should ask. Do you have a POV that can create valuable ongoing content your target will appreciate? You must believe you have a POV worth sharing to have a compelling podcast. Second, are you looking for top of the funnel awareness? 
Remember, this is a slow burn. The biggest driver of podcast growth is word of mouth, but these are strong advocates as you're building relationships. Third, are you okay if your brand of podcast is an investment? There are ways of monetizing a podcast, but you need to believe that the podcast is delivering on a branding need that may be hard to quantify in terms of ROI, but it's ultimately doing good for your business. And finally, are you prepared to invest resources to promote it? A podcast must be promoted. People need to know it exists, which means you need to commit resources. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. All right, so our next section is in the trenches. This is where we're going to go a little bit deeper into some of these topics and give you a little bit more examples. But hopefully you all can take these and apply them to your own businesses so that you can take action right now. So our first in the trenches question, how do I decide if I have enough content to start a branded podcast? I love this question. This is one we get all the time. Yeah, and everybody's like, how, how do you find enough stuff to talk about? Well, it's like there's a lot to choose from. How do we decide what we're going to talk about is actually usually the question because there's multiple sources of inspiration. So we have a combined 40 plus years of experience and we have ongoing client interactions now. That is a plethora of very rich content. And what we tend to do is we try to find the themes that are going through, or as you talked about, Harry, like what is something that's relevant right now, but then also may have something that is evergreen to it that people are gonna pick up later. So we try to balance those things. And that's why we actually structure our podcast the way that we do as well, which we've talked about. But that also becomes like a source of inspiration that we actually kind of start chronicling on a list. <laughs> so we have our list. And so when things kind of come up, we put them all on our list. Then when it's time for us to draft our podcast, we go back and we start kind of saying, well, what do you think is really important right now? Or what do we want to talk about right now? Now, the one thing we've also found is, I mean, the name of our podcast is Marketing Smarts, but what we have found is that um, if you take it too niche, it starts to kind of get very stressful with regards to what are we talking about now. So when we think about Marketing Smarts, we think about it in the context of yourself, your team, and your business. So this opens up our ability to be able to talk about multiple topics, not just marketing specific topics, which I think would get pretty old pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. then you would start struggling to say, okay, what marketing piece am I going to talk about now? But it always ties back to marketing smarts in some way. So that continues to be our thread, but it allows us to get into topics like leadership or personal brand or culture or, you know, elements of team building, because that's all about marketing yourself and marketing your team. So we can create a little bit more of a repository of, of insightful based content that we can pull from. And then as you had talked about too, uh, Harry is like, you might want to consider batching your episodes in the way to launch them. So if you can come up with thematic ways of being able to kind of put an umbrella over your content, you start kind of having a series of content that you can either then put all out at once like Netflix, or you can do it still on a weekly basis if you so choose, but it's already out there and you're not worried about, okay, what are we going to talk about this week? Like you said. Now we do batch our episodes. We do them on a, on a four week basis. So we'll do back to back days and we'll do two, two. That helps us then have some space and time and then other things arise and we get more inspiration from that. I'm a kind of a, I don't know how I feel about when people kind of batch them and then put them all out at once because I feel like it's kind of like a love them and leave them kind of thing. It's like you go and as, as, as quickly as you can binge listen to them, you're done. And so then there's nothing to engage with until the person comes up with the next round of episodes. So am I, am I going to still keep them in my library or am I not? Does somebody else take over in, that, in my library? So Harry, what are your suggestions here? So you're absolutely right that, that producing in seasons is a great way to, to answer that if you're concerned about coming up with enough ideas. Uh, but I will say that, you know, yeah, if you, if you know your subject well, you'll never struggle to come up with, with topics. There are news articles coming up all the time, things that will inspire ideas and you just have an opinion about a bunch of different things. Um, there are a million ways that, you know, if your thing is, is social media, you know, you could talk about anything within that, within that space, a million different ways. Um, so that it's never, uh, it shouldn't be a barrier and it's, it's really not an issue. 
Um, we did a podcast uh, internally actually called WFH Daily at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was like reeling from, oh my God, I'm working remotely. What do I, how do I, how do I do this? So we decided to like just make a resource around that, a daily podcast that was like short, bite sized, was less than 10 minutes an episode, really focused on just the different aspects of working from home. And we were slightly concerned at the beginning, like, hey, are we going to run out of things to talk about? Uh, but we did it for a year uh, without pause, like doing it every single day. And we just never ran out of stuff to talk about because it's just a pin. Like, it, like, how are you doing with working from home? Like, there's just a million different things. What do you eat? How do you work? What tools do you use? <laughs> what? How do you stay in touch with your friends? How do you maintain company culture? Like, there's just a billion different angles to kind of shoot from for, for that topic or any topic. So I think that's uh, that's not an issue. I think a lot of times as well, folks tend to lean into their guests as the source of of, of fresh ideas. And that is great in the sense that we can kind of just like go, well, I don't have to come up with fresh content. I've just got to find interesting guests and they'll bring the fresh content. That's true, but that tends not to result in the best. If you're not putting in the effort to come up with the ideas and why you want to speak to this guest and what stories you want to try and draw out of them, um, you're typically going to get pretty mediocre content out of it. So I, I, yeah. I would tend to sort of encourage people to really think about the ideas first and then find the guests that fulfill those ideas versus like, okay, who can I get on? And then it's up to them to be smart and interesting for 30 minutes. But anyway, I think any, no matter what you do, what industry you're in, there's just a billion things to talk about. And uh, and I think if it seems intimidating to start, just get a grab a piece of paper, start writing down some of the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're thinking about today, like what's on your to-do list today? Like, and how do we, how, you know, what am I thinking about when I look at that to-do list? That's just immediately going to result in a bunch of ideas and you'll soon see, okay, no, this page is filling up really fast and uh, that's not going to be an issue. Yeah. I think you said a couple of really important things there. One is if you actually, and I'm paraphrasing, but if you actually know your trade really, really well, then you really don't ever run out of things to talk about. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what we found very, very quickly. And like Ann said, you know, between us, we have 40 combined years and it's on opposite sides of marketing, right? Agency and client. And it is a question that gets raised to us all the time. Like, well, do you think you're going to run out of things to say? I'm like, it never has become an issue. It's like every time we get to the point where it's re we're ready for the next ones, we're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then I think also the point you made about not relying too heavily on the guests. I mean, one of the first things, and I know you experienced this with us, Harry, we say, you know, look, this isn't your typical podcast format. This is not Q&A. This mm -hmm. is not, you know, us sitting back and listening. It's not even just a conversation between us just to kind of shoot the shit, right? We follow the format that we follow really intentionally so that we continue to put our expertise into each episode, yep. even if we're talking about things sometimes like, I remember the SEO one for me, it's like, oh, geez, how deep are we going to go? And I don't know all the, the, you know, technical speak to this, right? But it's still us through the lens of marketing and branding and the other lenses that Ann mentioned that kind of surround that, making sure that it's our expertise and then layering in the guest with that. And so what I think overall I was hearing both of you say was just, Yes, it's it's the big question we get about the content, but it's also about the intentionality that you build mm -hmm. and the control that you maintain through that to make sure that your brand, so the whole point of this episode is coming through first and loud and clear and that everything you go to talk about makes then inherent sense to the listener because they're like, well, of course I would expect them to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Right, 100%. Good, good thoughts there. All right. So our next in the trenches question, what should my KPIs be? Now, I know we've talked a little bit about milestones and specific metrics, but Harry, maybe you could put it like a little bit of a finer point on this so that people have good understanding and expectations as they're kind of going into their, their podcast journey of what they should be looking at and what their expectations should be. So we talked at the beginning about how the audiences compare in podcasting to other things and how, you know, our, our numbers may not be quite what we had has, had envisaged i think so often the focus is on how many people are downloading this episode what are the what is what is our listener count um folks often ask you know what's my how many subscribers do i have which is actually sadly a very difficult question to answer because it's this is all you know this is an anonymous medium um we can't kind of just track that number as we might be able to on, on a youtube for example so definitely our number of downloads is important like there's no getting away from it we we want to know like how many people are listening and and that's you know it's important if there are 50 relevant people listening or there are 5000 relevant people listening like one is better than the other that's that's unavoidable however 
Um, the stat that I think is that we encourage all of our current clients to obsess over and just answers so many of the problems that we've addressed already in terms of like growing your audience and making good content is is around our consumption rate. So one of the data points that we can get in podcasting is how much of each episode is the average listener consuming. In Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts, you can you can go into the back end of those systems and look at on an episode by episode basis how much of each episode are people listening to. And then even within that episode, they give you a little graph, like a timeline of like, so you can see, okay, at minute five, we lost 10% of our listeners. What, you know, why is that? Like, did we say something that was boring? Did we not, you know, maintain energy or, did, you know, whatever, what was, what was the subject we talked about that, that led to us losing listenership? So we can understand on episode by episode basis, which content is resonating best, which guests are performing best which uh you know yeah which topics are our, our audience most keenly interested in um and if we combine that with the download data so we can say great these episodes got a ton of downloads um and that might be because they had like a really enticing headline uh but then we lost a bunch of them uh by about five to ten minutes in because it didn't deliver on that promise that the headline kind of suggested or you know we're learning hey you know a ton of our episodes are on subject A uh, and they're massively outperforming the rest of them. They're getting like 80, 90, hundred plus percent uh, completion rates. And by the way, you can get over hundred percent completion rate because if people listen to it more than once, they you, that, that gets that rate higher. So these things are possible that so many lessons we can learn from that around like what content our, our audience wants and how we can make that better. Now, what, what we see is that when we hit a certain uh, kind of, marker in terms of the average consumption rate and in our in our books that's usually somewhere around the 85 percent mark and again by the way how amazing is 85 percent completion rate of a 40 minute long piece of content like that's amazing <laughs> yes. how much time people Very are spending fair. with us so that's a really great thing if they're if they're consuming 85 percent of it that's they've spent half the best part of half an hour in your company that means they've clearly seen value in it they're, they're getting something from it you're not going to stick around for 35 minutes unless you're actually getting something from it which means you are much, much more likely to share that. And we come back to, you know, the old school way of growing a podcast. People are going to share it with people. Um, they're going to share the content that resonates with them. So if we really obsess over that data point, how much, what, what is our engagement rate? We make sure that that gets, that gets better. If we, if we ensure that our, our engagement rates are super high, the content's going to grow itself because people are going to go, well, this is great. I need to send it to my colleague, to my friend, to my family member. Um, so that's the, that's the KPI that we, that we just obsess over and encourage everybody that's creating podcasts to, to do the same, particularly in the early days, right? Because you're just trying to iterate constantly really quickly and, and figure out what's working and what's not. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, we're huge fans of testing and learning and we talk mm -hmm. about that all the time on the show. And I think that, you know, your point's well taken that there are metrics that look shiny and they yeah. may appear shinier than they actually are. And so I think always as part of testing and learning, one of the things we talk about is it's not always like the quote unquote sexy thing, right? But you have to do kind of the double click in and really find what's going to be the valuable data that then starts to tell you a story that then you can action against. And so I think your point about how long are people participating and super well taken that if they're spending 30 minutes with you, especially with the attention spans we as people have today, that's huge. And then what happens to those episodes that continue to rise, bubble back to the top or people go back to, et cetera, as a really good indicator of how you're doing. And then I also like the other side of what you were saying about the different levers you can look at and pull. So if you see people dropping off, what is the reason for that? And kind of going back and saying, okay, well, yeah, we had this great headline, but we didn't, we talked around it. We didn't talk to it or this guest didn't hit people right. Well, why do we think that that might be so that you can constantly be on this path of self-improvement that keeps you highly relevant and then keeps exactly. the audience very mm -hmm. engaged. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. It is an interesting thought to consider that most of the time when we're doing video content, we want it to be 60 seconds or less, 30 seconds if we can do it. And yep. in the context of audio content, we're like, yeah, maybe 30 minutes. Is that, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. The other, the other data point that we haven't talked about that I think is, is also really great for brands to look at, like uh, chart positionings matters. Like it's kind of a vanity metric, but it does also matter. Like if you get to the top of the charts, you're going to get more exposure and that leads to more listeners so that that's another thing that's it's it's always really good to track and because podcasting is uh is international you mentioned getting listeners in all kinds of interesting places uh you can actually find that you hit you know high in the charts in some countries that you would never have imagined so that's kind of really interesting but the other thing is sort of your your the feedback you're getting from from your audience as well so like 
you know, that's another great proxy for do people care about this show? If they are taking the time to reach out to you and send a message or send you a DM on social or write a review in Apple Podcasts, that's a really good sign that you're doing something that matters or is at least maybe dividing opinion. Maybe that's a, a thing as well. You might be saying something that's maybe a bit more uh, controversial and that's inciting um, feedback of, of some description. So these are all other really good signals as well that we want to look for. That's really good. That's super helpful. All right. Our third and final in the trenches question. Is there a certain amount of time you should be in business before you do a branding podcast or said differently? Do I need to build credibility within the business first? So my podcast has more credibility. So as we've talked about already, our experience with marketing smarts is that they kind of gone hand in hand. And, and then, as we said, in fact, we started marketing smarts as a new marketing tool to grow our credibility and reputation as a young business. Now, we had a lot of experience already to draw upon, so we could root in our expertise and use that as examples and stories and, and really like, use that to exemplify the point. So there was already some built-in credibility there. So if you're a new agency or a brand or a business and you're just kind of starting out and you maybe your experience in that area is still relatively low, you may want to start as curators of content. But... To the point that you were saying before, Harry, this is not just about like, okay, I'm going to bring on some interesting people and I'm just going to let them talk. Curious of content means that you are an explorer or you're a knowledge seeker or you're trying to pull out themes. So you're learning on certain topics as these people are talking, but you're also being very mindful about pulling out that value that you think the listeners or your listeners, which should be your hopefully your, your target of who you want to engage with your brand or your business, are, are what this could be useful to them. So make sure that you are really being mindful of taking that time that you're, that's going to be taking away from somebody else's time and making sure that you're adding value to it. So that kind of, we've gone now like full circle all the way back to the beginning. But Harry, I mean, did you have anything else to add here that would be helpful to everybody? I think um, a podcast is the perfect vehicle to building credibility. I think you can have zero business. I think I've seen lots of great successes of people that have, don't even have a business yet. And they're using podcasts to go, cool, I'm, I'm really interested in, I don't know, AI. I want to establish myself in the AI mm -hmm. space. I've got no yeah. credibility. I haven't got a business. I've got no career here, but I just want to learn more about it. And I'm going to use podcasting as a vehicle to do that really wonderful so i think um there's there's nothing to stop you it, but it you know the other point is it depends what kind of podcast you want to make so this show for example you guys want to instill a lot of your own uh your own expertise your own thought leadership here and so you're speaking to that and then inviting a guest to to add their kind of angle their flavor to it their 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 expertise as well but you know there are different there are different kinds of shows that you know you couldn't do that if you didn't have any credibility right you couldn't do that if you didn't know anything about what you were speaking about uh, but you could for example make uh, you know an investigative um, kind of documentary style show where you're really learning as you go you're interviewing mm -hmm, people mm -hmm, you're telling stories mm -hmm. you're uncovering kind of nuggets of, of really interesting stuff um, and telling that in a really interesting narrative way you could certainly do that without any clout in an industry um, and well journalists do it all the time I mean they've got yep, clout as yep. journalists but they don't know the first thing about insert industry x when they start uh, projects uh, around these stories so um so yeah it depends what kind of show you want to make I guess yeah, and I think, yeah, we have come full circle. I think it is just reinforcing that point of the where we started really about having a point of view, but making sure that it's through the lens of what's going to be interesting to the people that are going to consume it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it could be a little bit of a chicken or an egg. And what I'm hearing you say, Harry, is in some ways, like ours, you have to have the expertise in order to speak to it and speak to it for an hour plus now. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And also bring on the right people to help contextualize, right? That's one side. The other side is, okay, I'm going to be transparent that I don't necessarily know, but my skill lies in something like investigation. And I'm going to use the medium of podcasting to be able to bring that skill forth, even though I may not have expertise in the topic that we're talking about. So I think you can see the broad range of opportunity here. But again, I think it goes back to the being really intentional and honest with yourself and then with the listeners you're trying to serve and always coming back to that to make sure that you're staying on quote unquote track with the expectations of what is authentically you and what you're bringing to the podcast world with your show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, so we're heading into our third and final segment, and it's usually a Marketing Smarts moment, but when we have a guest, we turn it over to our guest. So Harry, this is your opportunity to highlight anything we might have missed, talk a little bit more about Lower Street, give folks um, some information about where they can reach you and how they should get started. So anything that you want, this is your moment. Yeah, bring us home. 
Oh well, thank you. Uh, well, I'm not very good at touting myself, but I, so I'm I'm a massive <laughs> Twitter podcast nerd. So you can find me on Twitter at podcast Harry. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously. All the work that we do, if you want to learn more about that, is over at LowerStreet.co. Um, but I suppose I I want to leave you with the message of um, like I said, do one thing well, focus on one channel, do do a really good job of it. Um, the only way you're going to stand out in podcasting is is by doing something that is noteworthy, that is worthy of note. And I, so I'm a real kind of advocate for thinking outside the box a bit. I think in almost any industry, the sort of uh, interview style podcast format, you know, exists. It's out there. That's been done. What ideas can we do? And that's not to say there's no no benefit in launching another one. Absolutely, there is. But, you know, maybe there's some really exciting opportunities to create something that is more of a deep, you know, in-depth storytelling. Maybe there's some totally off-the-wall formats that don't exist in podcasts yet. There's so many things that work great on YouTube um, that people aren't doing here yet, you know. And so I think uh, really thinking about what formats in podcasting, what styles of shows can we start to to, to dream up that um, really separates our brand and our show from everything else that's out there. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for being on there. It was a, this has been fantastic conversation. And just to recap, the questions you should ask yourself should about whether or not you should do a branded podcast. Do you have a POV that can create valuable ongoing content your target will appreciate? You must believe you have a POV worth sharing to have a compelling podcast. Number two, are you looking for top of the funnel awareness? Remember, podcasts are slow burns. Biggest driver of podcast growth is word of mouth, but these are strong advocates as you are building relationships. Third, are you okay if your branded podcast is an investment? There are ways of monetizing a podcast, but you need to believe that the podcast is delivering on a branding need that may be hard to quantify in terms of ROI, but it's ultimately good for your business. And finally, are you prepared to invest resources to promote it? A podcast must be promoted. People need to know it exists, which means you need to commit resources. And with that, we'll say go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.